You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Hey, thanks for joining us for Worshipology. Today, we're actually going to lean into what is worship? How does it tie into music? Um, you know, for so long, I think people have thought of worship as a five song set that we do on Sundays. It's so much more than that. And so we're going to kind of dive into some of the the Hebrew and Greek behind it. And uh, before we do that, I just kind of want to share what I think is probably the quintessential worship verse that we have in the New Testament it comes out of the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse one. Paul writes, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God this is your spiritual act of worship. And so that's really where we get the idea of surrender and sacrifice as it pertains to worship. What is worship? Let's unpack this word avodah and, um, you know, kind of dive into why do we need to sing? And maybe talk about some other forms of worship. But, you know, when it comes to music and worship, how have they been so married together for so long? And I mean, obviously we can go back to David's era, um, but how have you seen music in particular, awaken people's lives to worship. Oh man, this is such a huge area. I mean, we, it's, you know, the word actually has just been so fresh to me. Mm. The avodah has been one of the words that has just probably past couple of years has been a driver for me because the word actually broken down, you know, in Hebrew, the, they have picture language and, and the language always means more for us. It usually English, it's like, this one thing, mm-hmm. but it's a bigger depth than that. And it means work, service, worship are the same words. So like wow. work and service is worship. Yeah. And so it's actually the first mention of worship in the Bible, which is what I love. It, it's Avodah is found in, in Genesis chapter two. And it says that God did not allow the plants to grow because he, there was no one there yet to tend them wow. or to Avodah them. Mm-hmm. And so it's, pretty awesome because it, God didn't let plants grow because there was no one there to take care of them. And that was worship unto him. Mm. Taking care of plants was worship unto him, which wow. is for us doesn't make a lot of sense in our current vernacular of worship. Mm-hmm. But I love it because it basically says worship is partnership with God. Wow. It's actually taking care of the things that he loves. And so for me, uh, you know, I've always taught worship means the revealing of worth. I want to reveal his worth, you know, and as I reveal his worth, there's powerful tools to do that. And so music is one of those tools. It's a tool that we get to use. It's a powerful tool, you know, for people who like, you know, well, worship isn't about music. Yeah, it's not about music, but you're crazy if you remove one of the most powerful. (laughs) It's like the B2 bomber, you know, why would you get rid of that in your arsenal? So like, yeah, music isn't worship in itself, Mm. but in the right hands, you know, it becomes one of the most powerful tools of revealing the worth of God because music does something to us, not very many things do to us. Us. And wow. so our problem in the church is we've fallen in love with music and I always tell people like, if you, you know, even master builders don't sleep with their tools, we've fallen in love with the tool mm. that we use to worship. And that's where it becomes an idol, yeah. you know? So for me, like I can repurpose this and what this is, is worship, you know, for me is 
revealing the worth of God through so many different avenues. And that's why I love the word avodah because it actually allows me to uh, work. And as I work in excellence, I can reveal the worth of God in how mm. I work, mm. how I serve in service. When I serve God, yeah. then this is revealing the worth of God in the earth. And I want to use every aspect of my life to reveal his worth, not just one aspect. And that's the power of it in church is like music is one aspect of the revealing of the worth of God in the earth. And, and it can be something that carries the message and it can be something that, you know, uh, tears down walls, but in in of itself is not the worship. Mm -hmm. It is just one of our tools of worship. Yeah. Whenever I think of the word worship as it pertains to Avodah and that daily service, your work, I go to Colossians three, verse 23, whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you're serving. So the idea of like, whatever you do, you know, uh, I think it was, um, was it Martin Luther King Jr. or Martin Luther King? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm totally botching this quote, but it's like, you know, if you're a str- if you're a street sweeper, sweep yeah, as unto yeah. the, you know, the, the heavens and all this stuff. And somebody Google that. Yeah. Later, but it's, a, it's a great quote, I promise you. But it's basically it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're a ditch digger, a street sweeper, a worship leader. Yeah or somebody that works in corporate finance, like do it as unto the Lord yeah. and that's your act of worship. Yeah. You know, so it's it's all about motivation. And and one of the things that's always stood out to me about music and, and you know, I, I think about, man, like my kids are much older now, but when they were little, we used to listen to this VeggieTales worship CD every night with Matt Redman. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, Bob and Larry ask Matt, they say, hey, you know, what is worship? And, and they, they say, um, Worship is anything you do that shows God you love him. Oh, yeah. And man, you know, okay, VeggieTales, yeah. bring some heat today. <laughs> I mean, they just like laid it out there so simply. So it's whatever you do to show the Lord you love him. And I think, you know, with music, music is, there's a reason we call them love songs. Yeah. There's a reason that like, you know, Stevie Wonder, you know, the, the songs <laughs> that he's sung have stuck through generations. I just called to say, I love yeah, you. You know, like, yeah. I think we can sometimes sing what we're not able to say. Yeah. And when it, when you put it to melody, when you put it to music, I mean, that's like m- movies would be so boring without a soundtrack, but there's something that happens when music is put to action yeah. that it drives it deep into your heart. Yeah. Somebody once told me that uh, music cuts straight to the heart without ever asking permission. Oh yeah. That's and so brilliant. when we allow worship to serve in that capacity, it goes straight into our hearts and God's able to embed things into us through a song, through an act of worship that might not otherwise get there. And I'm thinking of like movies that have particularly like made me cry recently. Like I'm a dad and so we watch a lot of Pixar stuff and they just put out the movie Soul and yeah. it's about the jazz piano player. And this is one scene in the movie where it's not even any words and he's just thinking back on his life and it's put to this soundtrack and it's like one of the most beautiful pieces of music that Pixar's ever used and I'm just watching it and I'm like bawling my eyes yeah. out and my kids are like dad what's wrong with you but it's something about the picture with the music yeah and you know you talked about how Hebrew the language is a, a, it's it's a picture language yeah. and so when we're singing these songs of worship we're putting pictures to music and worship is this soundtrack to prayer and it's this way that we're able to connect to the heart of God and so yeah, worship isn't encompassed in music. Yeah. But music is an amazing vehicle to worship alongside of. Yeah. And, you know, when we look at like the book of Psalms, you know, I like to call them Israel's greatest hits, you yeah. know, like it's smack dab in the middle of the Bible, yeah. 150 different songs. Yeah. The reason that music is so powerful is because it has so much range. 
you look at the book of Psalms and you've got Psalms of thanksgiving, Psalms of lament, yeah. Psalms of victory, Psalms of triumph, Psalms of joy, Psalms yeah. of heartache. Yeah. Songs can express your heart in a way that nothing else can. Yeah. And so talk about that a little bit. I mean, obviously like you've written so many songs, yeah. many that have connected in church congregations all over the place. When you're writing a song in the lens of bringing worship, you know, it's like we, we can't allow, you know, and I, I say this sometimes that like, we can't allow just like when we read lyrics off of a screen, it's like giving God a Hallmark card, yeah. you know, yeah. like we can't just allow that to yeah. be the end all be all. Yeah. But there is something that's an amazing calling for us worship leaders who do write. Yeah. Um, when you're you're given a song that you're like, man, I think like when people have a hard time coming into church and, and expressing to God how they feel, maybe this is a song where they're like, that's it. Yeah. That's how I, I feel towards God. That's what I wanted to say to God all week. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Unpack that. Yeah, I think for me, like songs it's in in the in the aspect of worship, I have to really expand myself because I've really surrounded myself, especially, you know, Nashville is difficult because it's like everybody everybody sings. Everybody does something. Shake you know? a tree, like, hundred guitars. Yeah, it's unreal. <laughs> and um, but I think that the hard thing is, is am I thinking about Bob, who's a truck driver, not a singer coming mm. in, you know, barely made it in midnight last night. His truck pulled in. He showed up to church that morning. Mm. Not a not a great singer. Not going to sing probably uh, that much. <laughs> and um, but I'm encouraging him because I'm putting a sword in his mouth. Mm. And I'm actually giving him something to be able to speak to the things that have been holding him back. Remember that the word avodah actually is found also, I say avoda, so I probably go back and forth. Avoda sounds cool. Avoda, it's, it's, it's it the almost south. It almost sounds like a Prius. It's kind of the south. It's what like, do you drive? I'm yeah. driving a Ford Avoda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a guy in our church, you know, a Jewish guy, keeps telling me it's Avoda. And so I'll probably switch back and forth. Just know I'm from the South. I'm just like, Avoda. That there's Avoda. Oh, that's Avoda. Uh, you ever heard the word Avoda? And he's like, oh, God, please help us. But um, that Avoda is mentioned in when Moses, you know, when God's encountering Moses and he's telling him, he's like, tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they may Avoda me. Well, mm. I think the thing is, is like, we forget in that moment that the enemy wants nothing more than to stop our worship. Wow. You know, and, and I think that our worship reveals allegiance. Mm. It reveals something. The, what I show worth towards reveals something about me. Mm -hmm. And so the enemy wants to put us into slavery. So we stop revealing the worth of God. Wow. And he says, I'm going to free you from that. So you can, worship serve worship you know mm -hmm. work serve worship work serve worship this is what i'm trying to so i'm realizing like i'm not trying to get that guy to sing i'm trying to get that guy to see and we've taught people how to sing so long we forgot this isn't about singing this is about seeing That's so good and so in scripture when you get to heaven they say holy 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 not because they're taught a song when they get to heaven because they're all looking at the same person wow. and they're going holy 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 set apart set we We've never seen anyone like you. We've mm. never in everything, beauty 
every beautiful thing, every mystery, everything, nothing compares to you. Wow. Well, we suck at that. <laughs> like we, we think this is about like getting somebody just to sing a cool song or it's not, it's about awakening something wow. in you. It's about revealing someone to you yeah. and worship is to reveal someone to you and sometimes reveal yourself. Wow. You know, songs sometimes are revealing more about me than they are even about God. It's revealing my heart's not right right now. Man. I'm not in a good place with God. This is what I want, but it's, it's not who I am. And I'm, and I'm in this turmoil. Well, songs can do that. It can awaken things in me. Like, why are you so far from me? You know? This, wow. And so that's why I even think there have been worship songs written for a corporate setting that actually are coming from God's perspective lately. Mm. There's been some songs that have come yep. out that have been more God singing over us. Yeah. And some people are like, well, that's not worship. No, that that you would stop and listen wow. to his word sung over you reveals his worth. Mm -hmm. Like the blessing. I, I see that as oh, one of those songs. 100%. I mean, come on. We all need that number six blessing in Exactly. Our lives. But it's I want to be intentional about it. So the music for me, when we do the blessing and we've done it at our church, I told James, we were wrestling through it a little bit. And I told him, I was like, I feel weird just singing it. Why? And James is so good, man. He, he in one service, he said, okay, we're all families and we we're in the round, which mm -hmm. helps a little bit. But even if you're not, he said, before we sing this song, I want you to find one family. I want you to look around, point to them. And I want you to let them know I'm singing this over your family today. Wow. Like there's something coming to you today, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, but we have to be intentional about that. So when I write songs, then I'm being more intentional about trying to get it into Bob's mouth, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean he has to sing it. Because I'm not just trying to get it into his mouth. I'm trying to get it into his heart. I'm trying to get it into his spirit. Wow. So through the week, if so a lot of people bust it on, you know, King of My Heart because the chorus. If somebody would have sent me this chorus and be like, hey, bro, I got this idea. Would you want to write on it? <laughs> it? The chorus is, you are good, good. Oh, oh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I just have a hard time. Like, hey, I think maybe you should replace the oh, oh with something. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. I don't feel like that's really a thing. Mm. And maybe say something besides just you are good. Like wow. maybe you know. But so Bob's driving down the road. Maybe even I don't know. Just maybe he's not even struggling with anything. He's just driving down the road. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, in his spirit, he starts hearing, yeah. "You are good, good. You are good, mm. good." You are good. And he doesn't even know why it's coming up. He doesn't know what it's preparing him for. Mm. But somehow that song is actually starting to burst something. So what was planted as a seed, the song is a seed, mm -hmm. planted as a seed, now starts to be birthed in the truck, wow. not just in the sanctuary. Yeah. And so now it's birthed in Bob. Wow. And now Bob gets to bring that into his family. Mm. And Bob may not teach them a song, but he's going to teach them who that the goodness of God. And that's the thing. Like I, one of the roles that we have as worship leaders is to just simply put a magnifying glass on the goodness and character of God. Yeah. You know, and when you do that and when you pick songs and you write songs that are literally just about his character, then you have a moment on a Tuesday or a Friday afternoon when you're just simply humming a melody and those lyrics remind you, I, you know, I, I think we're, we're informed and educated well past the point of obedience. Yeah. Like we know too yeah, much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was reading some statistic lately and it was like talking about how uh, information, how long it took information to double. Like in the first like thousand years AD, it took that long for it to double. Yeah. And then like 500 years. And then now I think the statistic is every 12 minutes information in the world 
doubles. Like wow. we, we know twice of what we just knew oh, 12 man. minutes ago. Unreal. I mean, it's crazy. So, I mean, you can get online and look anything up. You can Google anything. You can YouTube anything. We have knowledge at our disposal. The problem is we don't do anything with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're educated so much when it comes to scripture. Yeah. I mean, never before in the history of mankind do you have this many resources. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely love you version. I do a Bible reading plan every year. That was unheard of 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, I can go onto YouTube and watch 30 messages later today and be encouraged. I can listen to 10 of these podcasts, you know, yep. and we have, we have a world of wealth at our fingertips. The problem is we're so busy learning new things that we forget to do one of the most common words in all of the scripture. Remember. Yeah. Remember, yeah. Jesus was saying, do this in remembrance of yeah. me. Hey, the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the things yeah. that I've taught you. Yeah. And so instead of remembering, all we're trying to do is learn new things. Try the biggest, latest fads. Yeah. Try to keep up with the relevance and try to do all this stuff. And Jesus yeah. is saying, hey, quit doing all that stuff. Now go ahead, just remember what I taught yeah. you. Yeah. And I think yeah, yeah. what's amazing about worship and worship songs when it comes to teaching us the goodness of God is that we remember. Yeah. That's why hymns have lasted so long. That's why we'll still sing a song like The Heart of Worship that was written 20 years ago. Yeah. Because I remember in those moments where I was when I first sang that song yeah. in college, when I first led that song at Campus Crusade, yeah. where I, I remember these altar moments. And that's the cool thing about worship and worship songs is they become altars. Yeah. They become, you know, when you look in the Old Testament and they, they you know, when they, when they saw God do a miracle, they would build an altar. Why? because the next generation would forget. Yeah. And so when dad and mom bring him by that altar on the Jordan River and and you know Junior says, "What what is that, dad? What is He says, "Oh, there was this time yeah. when God did a miracle and split the river and we walked across on dry land. Yeah. There was a time when God, and you remember these moments and songs can become those altar moments. Yeah. What's been an altar moment for you? What's a song that's just like resonated with you over the years, you've never seemed to forget it. Yeah. And it always brings back that moment where you experience God's presence yeah. in a profound way. Oh man. So- I know I got you on the spot. No, here. it's awesome. I mean, I can name two right now. Um, you know, both of them. I mean, there's several that other people have written too, but there's a couple that, you know, the songs that I've written, several of them just came out of moments mm. where I was just encountered God. Wow. And one of those is a song called uh, The One That Really Matters. Mm. And it was a moment for me of just like in a worship service, uh, I just started singing, you're the one that really matters, wow. you know? And it really was, I could barely move. Wow. Like I, it was so powerful in the room and it just encountered God and I'll never forget that moment. And the song was really birthed out of that moment. Uh, and you want other people to encounter God, maybe not just like that, but you want them to encounter that God. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not that they need to have the experience I had, but they need to experience the one I experienced, mm. <laughs> you know? Mm. And um, another one is a song called wonders. I wrote with a friend in, Canada and it was a an awakening for me of God wanting me to be reminded that he is a God of wonders mm -hmm. and through that we've seen miracles and all kinds of stuff happen but you know both of those are attached to divine moments for wow. me and which which attaches me to the divine. Isn't it amazing how and, and this is one of the reasons God gave us the gift of music but music somehow 
uh, transports us to a place. I mean, I can remember my my first dance ever in as a, a freshman in Glenver High School in Salem, Virginia. I danced. Uh, it was a, to the song uh, "Tears in Heaven." Eric Clapton. Yeah. What a weird song yeah, to have your first dance to. It's a really sad song. <laughs> but like every time I hear that song, I'm transported back to being yeah. 13, 14 years yeah. old, and uh, and at that dance. Or every time, like my wife and I, I wrote a song for her yeah. that we played on our wedding day. Yeah. It was our first dance, and so anytime like she puts that old CD yeah. on, you know, uh, it takes us uh, yeah. back to that moment, you know? And so I think God loves it when yeah. we remember those moments. Yeah, I think so too. And because it's like, it's like, you know, when our family gets on the couch and we go through a photo book and we're like, oh yeah. my gosh, do you remember when you were just two years old? Yeah. Of course you don't because you were two years yeah. old. Yeah. But you know, like we go through these moments and like the different places we've lived and the different uh, capacities that we served in and different yeah. roles that we've been in. And you remember and you're like, man, God is so good. This yeah. life has been so good. Yeah. And it causes you to trust him for the future. Yeah. Uh, There's this time where we were writing for a project with, with integrity and they brought together three churches um, within the Assemblies of God movement. And uh, we were just having a hard time writing uh, on our own, but we came together for a retreat and we wrote this song, it's called To Honor You. And, uh, you know, Clayton Brooks, great worship leader out of Dallas, wrote this uh, powerful chorus and Ryan Williams uh, up at River yeah. Valley, he wrote this uh, beautiful verse with Kurt Graham. And and then I just kind of had this bridge that was coming straight out of Philippians 2 that just said the name of Jesus. And we all brought this thing together and it kind of became the linchpin of the project and it was all about unity. And I just remember that moment thinking like, man, it was a beautiful moment where it didn't matter about any of us in the room, but it was about the church coming together to sing a song that lifted the name of Jesus to where all eyes were on him. And, you know, you talked about that moment in Revelation where, you know, around the throne of God, holy, holy, holy. What's interesting about that is that, and I don't know what translation you have, but it says they sang or they shouted, they shouted, holy, yeah. holy, holy. It doesn't say they sang. Yeah. And I've always wondered about that. Cause you know, we, we say, oh, you have a voice like an angel. And I'm like, yeah, yeah but I don't know where we see yeah. angels singing. Like yeah. we know there will be a song in heaven yeah. and it, all throughout eternity, we're going to be worshiping. Yeah. But it's so interesting that that passage talks about how the, the angels shout and they say, yeah. and I almost wonder, and this is something that I'm still unpacking and processing, but yeah. I wonder if God gives us the unique opportunity to sing, yeah. you know, here yeah. on earth, like he's given us a melody yeah. because it's an opportunity to worship him. Like we will never be able to worship in eternity when we're, our, it's, it's going to be a different realm in eternity, yeah. you know, and obviously like I'm not there right now, yeah, like, so yeah, I don't yeah. quite know, but we're yeah. going to see colors that we, we don't even have invented here on earth. We're going to smell smells and hear sounds that don't even exist within our cerebral cortex here on this planet. Yeah. There's going to be, it's just going to be an incredible thing where you're fully aware, fully alive in the presence of God. And so while we're here on this earth, yeah. in these earth suits, yeah, let's worship the way yeah. that we can. Yeah. You know, I love that, man. Yeah. I think it's powerful. And I think for us just trying to dig in and make sure that, you know, I think my biggest concern for worship leaders in this whole thing of leading songs is that we've we've almost been so focused on making the Sunday service so good mm. that everything we do is try to teach people how to have better church services. Wow. So the songs are have been, even if they already looked on as tools and weapons, they're looked on as tools and weapons for one day a week mm -hmm. for that Sunday morning. Instead, I want to start thinking of songs and moments as 
I'm planting seeds on Sunday Come on, for them to come to harvest on Monday. That's great. And I want to see you start to carry this belief about God and be encouraged through your week. So I'm planting something on Sunday that you may need on Wednesday. Yeah. I'm planting something on Sunday that actually may need to come to fruition on Friday. Wow. And start letting your people know that. So mm. like, why are we doing this in here today? Well, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Why are we singing? Because a person next to you may need to hear this today. But why does it need to come not just to you, but through you? Because there's something that we won't be around for on Thursday. There's something we won't be around mm -hmm. for on Friday. And you are a worshiper, mm -hmm. not a singer. You're a worshiper. So this is about the song is planting seeds in you that might actually resonate with your entire being as it vibrates, you know, the whole, the uh, uh, even a frequency at the very core of who we are, the atom right. has a, a frequency, a vibration to it. Yeah. And so... For us, I realize I want my entire body to resonate. Mm. I want my entire life to resonate for the glory of God. And so Avodah is going to put me in position at work to be the revealer of the worth of God. But I might need the encouragement of what I got on a Sunday. So if I sit in a staff meeting and I, I tell them in a staff meeting, if we if our entire staff meeting is about our Sunday morning service, we failed these people mm. because they're not spending the majority of their time at our Sunday service. Right. They're spending the majority of time at home. And I need to find a group of people who use Sunday to drop seeds in people, encouragement mm. in people. So when they walk out, something is being birthed in their home. Something is being birthed in the streets, in their yeah. workplace. So I don't want worship to be relegated to a Sunday morning, not just even to music, to a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. I don't want this to be about this is where I worship. Mm. No, I am a worshiper. I worship everywhere. I reveal the worth of God everywhere I go. And so even, you know, I've been frustrated lately. We've had other, this is a whole other topic, but uh, <laughs> ministries or ministers who fall. And I've heard people like, yeah, but you know, I want, I, do you think they can be redeemed or you feel like they can? I'm like, well, yeah, but that's not the point. The point is, is like the image of God took a hit mm. because they are the worth revealers of God and they just revealed he's not worth self-control. Wow. He's just not worth it. Wow. You know, my my uh, desires were greater than, than the image of God right now because I am an image bearer of God. Mm. And so I don't want to just teach people how to have better church services. I want to teach them how to live in a world that hates them. <laughs> you know, wow. I want to teach them like, why do we raise our hands in here? Because if you learn to do hands raised in a safe space, maybe you'll reach out your hands in an unsafe space. Mm. Why do I use my mouth and why do I need to sing in here? It doesn't seem that important to sing. Because if you won't use your mouth in this Sunday service to say good things about God, please don't tell me you're going to do right. it out there when, you know, you feel horrible, people are attacking you or, mm -hmm. you know, your finances are horrible or you had a bad day. You're not going to do it out there if you can't do it in Sunday morning. Wow. Let's just get real. Yeah. But Sunday morning is not the goal still. It's the training. It's the ability mm. for us to train our mouths, to train our spirits, to strengthen ourselves, to put on the whole armor of God. For what? So I take it back off after service? Mm. No, I'm putting it on in there so I can walk out with it. And I'm going to be a worth revealer of God. And so let your songs be seeds. So let good. your worship services be training moments. Why am I getting them to raise their hands? They don't even know. You're mm. like, because it's right. Well, yeah, but there's still a purpose to it. There's a freedom to it. It's not just, well, the word says it. 
Well, yeah. So I, I think that's the problem, though, is we're just trying to get them to do actions and no heart attached to yeah. you. So for me, I want worship to be revealed, avodah, through your work. I want you to have a different perspective that this isn't just about this morning. I hear people like, worship is a life, just it's a lifestyle, not a service. Well, yeah, if it's a lifestyle, it's still still be showing up in the service, yeah. you weirdo. Like it's part of your life. Then your life, your lifestyle of worship is horrible because I see your lifestyle in church. Wow. So if worship is a lifestyle, it should be explosive in church. Mm. Don't tell me it's a lifestyle so you don't worship in church. That's the stupidest argument I've ever heard. People are like, you know, well, don't judge me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm praising Jesus in my heart. That's nowhere in scripture. From the <laughs> overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. So let's let's treat it for what it is, but a lifestyle of worship should be explosive in mm. among other people living a lifestyle of worship. Yeah. But the purpose of that service and purpose of me using songs is not to make it about the songs of the service, but it's about to make it about a life being empowered to live the worth revealing nature when I walk out of there. So good. So music, worship, let your songs be seeds and let your songs become altar moments. Man, that's so good. I'm excited. It's kind of, you know, your heart follows your hands, as yeah. Michael Farron would often say. Yeah. And, you know, this idea that like, yeah, the reason that we do these things is because we see them outlined in scripture and yeah. there's power in obeying scripture. There's yeah. power of living out the word of God. If there's not, what else are we doing? Yeah. And so, man, this has been so good. I hope it's encouraged you. I hope it's given you a little bit of perspective on why worship and music work so well together. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com.